Greetings. Today's Advent devotion from First Baptist Athens is offered by Mary Lee Rogers. Her devotion is based on the story from Luke 2, 8 through 20. Angels appear to shepherds announcing the birth of a Savior. Hearing this good news, the shepherds hurry to Bethlehem and find the baby lying in a manger. Alan Hester provides the music to begin our devotion, which is followed by the reading of the scripture from the New Revised Standard Version. Region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. Christmas was always a really big deal growing up. For my mom, it was the same way. My grandmother went all out. She started decorating after Thanksgiving. My mom carried that over with me 
we had Christmas lights. We had a Christmas tree, reindeer sitting in the front yard, and then there was little knickknacks all over the house, little interactive wind-up. Everything played some form of Christmas music. She enjoyed it so much. You've seen Christmas Vacation. That was our house, minus all of the Christmas lights. The roof wasn't entirely covered, but you knew there were lights on the house. She was the female Clark Griswold. The official Santa of Knoxville lived in my cul-de-sac growing up about three houses down. Our neighbor would go to all of the events. He would do the parade as Santa Claus. In July, he just disappeared. None of the kids in the neighborhood saw him, and he was growing out his beard. He had snow white hair, snow white beard, and his wife handmade him a red suit. So from July to December, nobody saw him. And of course, we were just kids. Grown-ups go to work. That's where he's at. But none of us knew that his work was Santa Claus. Every Christmas Eve, after he got done with the parade, he would come to my house dressed in the suit and deliver me, like, my first Christmas present on Christmas Eve. Of course, my mom was determined that I would have this magic as long as possible. My house didn't have a fireplace. And of course, that's one question all children ask. How's Santa going to deliver the presents if there's no fireplace? So we had two skylights instead. She got a long, thick, woven rope, dropped it from the ceiling right under the skylight, and she made footprints. I got into fights in school with other kids because, you know, Santa's not real. I was like, no, he's totally real. He comes to my house every Christmas Eve. So one year, two of my friends that we had been fighting, one of them was like, he's not real. Quit being such a baby. You know, time for you to grow up. And I think it was in like third grade. Third graders telling other third graders to grow up is ridiculous. (laughs) I said, okay, ask your mom if you can come to my house after school. I don't think it was actually Christmas Eve, but it was close enough that he was already going out as Santa. My mom called him and said, look, these girls are giving Marilee such a hard time because they have been told that Santa's not real. And I'm tired of getting calls from my child's principal that she's getting in fights over Santa Claus. So the two girls came home with me. We were just sitting in my living room playing, and there was a knock on the door. And I look over at the two girls, and I said, now you're going to see him. He's real. We ran to the door. We opened it up. There he was, red suit and all, standing there with a red sack of toys. I just remember their mouths dropping My friend who is still my best friend to this day, she's like, you're not real. You're an imposter. He comes in. He sits down. Okay, tell Santa what you want. She sat on his lap and, like, pulled his beard, pulled his hair, even pulled his eyebrows to try to find something that was fake about him. And he just sat there. The more she pulled, the more questions she asked. 
And he had an answer for it. And then you just see her, you really are Santa. And then she looks at me, told you he's real. Of course, the gifts that they wanted, our moms put them all in a sack. Santa delivered their present. I look back on that and, man, I need to keep that. I need to keep that sense of wonder because life today is so hard and being an adult is even harder. It's nice. It's nice to think back on that. It always makes me smile. It always makes me laugh. It was the magic. It's keeping that magic and that belief of Christmas. I'm not fighting over Santa being real anymore. It's more being grounded in my faith and how I believe. I think at a young age, being able to argue and hold on to that and just not let anybody sway my opinion of what I believed, how I believed it, how I worshipped. I think it really played in the long haul of holding true to you. Who knew Santa would do that for me? Dear Lord, thank you for being the one to keep our child's sense of wonder alive. Amen. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee.